Well, it's always a joy to be home. And uh, we've, I've enjoyed these few weeks that God has enabled us to do that. And I really want to thank you again. I know you hear it a lot from other people as well, but Nita and I really appreciate your prayers and your financial support. Without that, we would not be able to accomplish God's purposes. So thank you once again. As Pastor Carl mentioned, uh, many of you are new and probably do not remember my wife and I. Obviously, that's true if you're here for the first time. So let me just share a little bit about uh, what we have been doing and what we are now doing. As Carl mentioned, that uh, we were here for 40 years, and honestly, I can say that was the joy of our life. Uh, I can't think of any other greater blessing of God than to give us the privilege to uh, serve you people here for 40 years. After 40 years, we really began to believe that God had enlarged our hearts for another ministry. We wanted to take the things that we were still learning and use them in other places that might be an encouragement to missionaries. And God provided that through the ministries of biblical ministries worldwide. They are located in just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. But they are an agent that comes along the local church, doesn't take the place of the local church, but comes along the side of the local church and helps facilitate uh, doing God's work around the world. Anita and I are very committed to being accountable to a church, this church, and be accountable to the elder board here. We learned long ago that if you're not held accountable, you do some really crazy things. And I can honestly say I never would have lasted 40 years if it hadn't been for our eldership. There were many times they said, that's a great idea, it's your idea, uh, but we think you better pray about that one. And uh, sometimes they graciously and lovingly said, we don't think that's the best way. And so that's one of the reasons why I lasted 40 years. I always had God's blessings of great men around me, and I appreciate that so much even to this present day. Uh, with our ministry at Biblical Ministers Worldwide, we are one of the ministrators. Uh, we divide the world up into seven sections, and uh, Anita and I minister in, with the Latin American countries as the area director. And uh, we've really appreciated these past 18 months. We have learned incredible things. Uh, we did not come uh, offering something for them uh, outside of age and experience, but we have learned tons. And uh, we just are thankful for the hand of God again that he continues to teach us, and we want that to continue as well. Biblical Ministries Worldwide really is a ministry to people around the world. We have some 500 missionaries uh, working in 40-some countries, and Nate and I work in uh, eight of those. But our basic purpose is, is to see that our missionaries are also accountable uh, to their local churches, and thereby in their ministries of evangelism, we have three basic things we desire to accomplish, to evangelize the lost as God graciously gives us those believers to disciple them so that they will become disciple-makers, and then to help train the nationals to plant churches. We have learned through some very difficult experiences and hardships that nationals around the world basically can plant churches better than we can. It's not our country. Uh, we plant churches here. But uh, it's really been phenomenal to see uh, what the nationals are doing, especially in the countries that we are working in. And so 
When we evangelize, we see people uh, come to know Christ and we disciple them to disciple other people, disciple makers. Then God always faithfully brings to the top these men who are leaders and to take them and to say, we're not your pastor. We are here to help you, to enable you, to train you to begin your own church. And it's just phenomenal what those nationals will do with very little education. Uh, but in their culture, they are extremely successful. As you well know, the Scriptures define the purpose of our existence as believers to worship God, to glorify Him, to exalt His greatness. And that's the desire of every believer. That's what Anita and I continually desire to do. He's given us the great commandment, and that is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Obviously, we can't do that by ourselves. We need all the body of Christ doing that, and then it's accomplishable. But one of the things that's always stuck clear in my mind and is still a passion of mine is to make disciples. Jesus said he had all authority, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. There are none to be excluded. And we can't reach them all, but the body of Christ can. And that's the uniqueness of the body of Christ. There's one passage, and uh, you see a little logo uh, uh, on the screen. This is 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 60. And it says that all the peoples of the earth may know that he is God and there is no one else. In that one verse, even in the Old Testament, it's just a fantastic truth that God's plan from the very beginning has been, go tell people who I am. And that's what we desire to do for the rest of our lives. And I'm, I'm sure that's a commitment of you as believers as well. This time I'm going to ask Anita to come, come up and give you a perspective of her ministries as she travels with me. One of the things that we have enjoyed is traveling together. Uh, we like it because the mission says this is the way we're going to do it. Your wife must accompany you, and that's, that's fine with me. So I'll let her share a little bit about her ministry. Years ago, only the men traveled and checked on the missionaries, and they found out um, that oftentimes it didn't work real well. So the women start going, and you know how we are women. We find out everything. So now we go too. You might say, what do you do? Well, we are to visit each missionary that we have each year. So we go to Antigua. We have one couple. We'll soon have a second couple, and we'll probably spend several months there with them uh, each time. That was a threat. <laughs> Uh, Puerto Rico, we have one couple and a single. Argentina, we have seven couples. Ecuador, we have one couple. Suriname, one couple. Honduras, two couples. Mexico, five couples and four singles. Uruguay, seven couples, two singles. And Texas, one couple. I really believe that God prepares us for the ministries he has for us to do. I believe the different interests that God has given me are to be shared with others. In Mexico, I taught some, some young people who were studying English. That's what I do every day of the world. I study English. 
in Antigua, I read with some fourth and fifth graders. That's what I do every day. In Ecuador, I helped a lady with her knitting. That's what I do every day. In uh, Uruguay, I played a game. And if nothing happens, the next time I go to Mexico, one of the missionary wives asked if I would bring some testing supplies to test her little girl. That's what I do every day. Ladies, we have a lot to give. Some of you love to cook. Some of you love to clean house. Some of you have some great uh, methods and ideas. We can share those things. We have a lot to give. I enjoy people and easily adapt to different circumstances. Any of you are welcome to travel with us at any time. Check our schedule. Plan your vacation around spending a week with the Flagers. Would that be fun? So we're looking forward to some of you becoming involved. We have already had several people involved in our ministries people that could do things that we cannot do, but they have graciously supplied and helped us. You can help too. So go find out what the missionaries need. Go find out how you can be their friend and encourage and pray for them. Thank you. Thank you, Anita. All right, now we're going to take a quick tour. Now, you've really got to put your seatbelts on because we really got to go fast because we've got to be out by 2 o'clock, okay? <laughs> That's a joke, okay? <laughs> I see some of you wiping sweat, okay? All right. Mr. Tim in the back is going to take us in a, on a quick tour. Let's begin at Daniel's Bible Church because that's right where we're at, obviously, this morning. And we're going to zoom down to Atlanta, which is, as I mentioned before, where we have our mission agency. In fact, uh, I'm headed there next, uh, next Saturday for two weeks. We have some more missionaries that are coming to us. And so we do two weeks of uh, training and two weeks of testing and preparing them for their first missionary journey. So um, that'll be, so you can be praying for that. That's always a very important time, and you can talk to the Cripes. They just did that last July. Now we're going to take a quick trip up to Pigeon Forge. What's in Pigeon Forge? Well, that's once a year, all the administrators and all the area directors, that's about probably 35 of us all together. Our wives are with us. And we just... It's not vacation, but it's like vacation. There's a lot of things to eat. We bring our own cook with us from the mission, and he's a great cook. So we just stay in, and so we found a place in Pigeon Forge. And there's where we kind of, quote, forge out our ministries for the next year and what's going on, how can we do it better, and sharing with one another. So that whole week is very, very important to us as we seek to do things better that Christ would be glorified. Okay, we're going to go to Houston, Texas. Now, you may say, I thought it was Latin America. Do you realize in Houston is the greatest population in one city? That's Houston, Texas, with Spanish people. Now, that's what I've been told. That's that's the statistics that I have uh, seen recently. Uh, We support our own missionary there, Clifton Bullock. You'll remember Clifton. We'll take a little more look at him a little bit later. 
But that's in Houston, Texas, and now we're going to take off to Mexico. Everybody wants to go to Mexico. Uh, so we have three works. You'll see those little pens there. Uh, we have a work just outside of Mexico City. It's easy to remember this town, Whiskey Lucan. You drink whiskey, you get looped. I, I don't know, uh, you know. Uh, but there's another derivative of that name, and it doesn't quite mean that. It's a plant in which they derive whiskey from. So there's Whiskey Lucan. Uh, Mexico City, delightful place. Guadalajara. I never knew that place existed, but there's about 7 million people in that city. It is huge, and it's condensed. And uh, But we have some work started there. We have two works, th- actually three works started there. And they are basically a cell ministry. In other words, they develop cells uh, like we do, small groups, very similar. And then in Zacatecas, we have uh, two couples there. In fact, I was talking to one of the young missionaries, Josh Dunn. He's in his early 30s. Just a fantastic guy. Never been to Bible school. Can you believe that? Now, we're not anti-Bible school, but he got his training from his local church. He is a ball of fire. He really is. I called Josh yesterday. We was doing a Skype, and uh, he had a sweatshirt on. Mexico, he has a sweatshirt on. He has a blanket around him, and I said, Josh, are you sick? He said, no, it's cold. I said, cold? And here, you know, we're around zero, ten above. He said, yeah, it's 61 outside, but it's 50 in the house. And in Mexico, they don't have central heat. They don't have any heat. So once that block house gets cold, it stays cold. So the highest they have had in the house for three weeks is 51 degrees. And so that's, those are things that we're learning about different places of the world. And so that's Mexico. Now we're going to take a quick shot. Where are we going? I think we're going to Honduras. We know somebody in Honduras. Who is it? Uh-oh. Strongbergs. Good. Fred and Cindy. They're from Covington, Virginia. And we have supported them for a number of years. And they are in this town planting churches. And there is another missionary that we'll see in just a few minutes. All right. Let's zoom on over to Puerto Rico. There it is warm. Generally, all the time. And we have a couple there, the Snyders, who uh, are planning a church. In fact, they've just built a building. And uh, that church is, is doing very well. Then we're going to go to our favorite spot, because many of you are going to go there, Antigua. This is the Cripes. Where are the Cripes at? There they are. Okay. Uh, they're going to be in the St. John's area. There's a hospital there that is just open to discipleship ministries. And basically, Nate and Sue are going to be there discipling people. It's ironic that the nationals have asked, one of the national pastors have asked them to come and say, can you teach us about discipleship? Boy, is that going to be an open door. So we've got, let's get them there. Let's get them there quickly, okay? Uh, Let's see. Let's spin over to uh, Ecuador, is it? No, Suriname. Is that where we're going? Yes, Paramaribo, that's a capital city. I've got some slides there for you because some of you are saying, we want to see where you've recently been in this tribal uh, work. Paramaribo is uh, not a large city by other world standards, but this is something unique about uh, Suriname. It is the richest nation in the world per capita. And yet it's classified as a third world country. How can that be? It has all kinds of gold mines. <laughs> And they're just now developing that. And so that's, that's kind of their claim to fame, so to speak. Okay, let's jump over to Ecuador. The Mayfields are here. 
They're just to the east of the Andes, uh, yet they're up about 10,000 feet. And uh, that's an interesting place. Uh, Unbelievably, the climate there is fantastic. It fluctuates between 68 and 72, 12 months a year. Uh, Don't we have a gracious God? Man, that's the place to go, you know, especially when you get my age. Uh, Let's shoot down to Argentina which is a huge country, not quite as large as Brazil, but huge. We have missionaries in Totora and also in Carl's Pass. We're just beginning some new works there. We're in the early stages of evangelism and discipleship, but those, there's four couples in those two places. If you know where Cordoba is, it's kind of like a second capital. Uh, Cordoba is about uh, 8 million people today, and so we're just outside the city there. Let's zoom on down to uh, Buenos Aires which is still in Argentina. We have uh, some of our missionaries there. And Mercedes, just like the car. Now, our missionaries don't have BMWs and they don't have Mercedes, okay? None that I know of. I think you have to be there 100 years and then you get, you get that instead of a rocking chair when you retire. But Mercedes is a new, uh, basically a new town for us, uh, kind of a rural area. Some of our works are very rural. Some of them are right in some of the biggest cities. And uh, we have the Dupuis there. Let's skip down to Buenos Aires, which is right in the middle of a huge city in Argentina. Uh, You can see just across that little inlet there is Montevideo. That's in Uruguay, another huge city of several million. And we have uh, several missionaries working there, planting churches in the city uh, with the nationals. And then if you go up to Minas, uh, that is a very rural area. And then on up to um, Milo. Milo's interesting because uh, there's a guy from Texas who grew up on a ranch, a large ranch in Texas. Everything's big in Texas, they tell me. It's also hot (laughs) in most places there. But anyway, um, Milo is very unique for our ministries as far as BMW. And that is it's a ministry to ranchers. So if you like to ride horses and take care of horses and grow your own food and uh, minister to the fellow ranchers around. It's a smaller ranch. It's only seven. uh, The one right now is 70 acres. We want to use it uh, to minister in. It's a young couple, the Largents. They're in their early 30s. So if God prompts your heart to say, I don't know if I want to live in a big city, but I'd like to live on a ranch, uh, here's the place for you. Okay. And uh, it's delightful. Uh, we have actually not been to that place, but we'll be there this, uh, this year. All right. Uh, where do we go now, Tim? We're going we're gonna to zoom out. We're going to get close. We're going to go out towards the moon. And uh, you can see that's our Anita and I's uh, area of responsibility. So we just kind of wanted you to kind of fix that in your mind. Pray for us. Um, I think we're really doing well for our age. Uh, I don't, I don't forget where I'm at most of the time. And uh, sometimes I wake up and say, whose house am I in? I don't know these people. But, uh, but most of the time I put it together. Uh, do pray for the long flights. There are some long flights here. Uh, in fact, if you fly from, um, let's say, uh, most of the time we go out of Houston. Uh, from Houston to Argentina is almost eight and a half hours. And that, that really, the other day I thought I had it fixed. I, I, I said to myself, look, I deserve this. And so I'm going to upgrade to Economy Plus. You know what an Economy Plus is? They give you four more inches of leg room. 
And I thought, this will be great. It's going to cost a little bit more. I'm not going to put it on my expense account. I'll just pay for it. And at least I'll get some rest. Well, what, God, is, God is so good. He put two guys that, is, that are bigger than me. One on the window seat, one on the aisle seat, and they put me in the middle. For eight hours, I had no place to put my arms because they were like this. So I pulled out my tray on the back of the, the, the next seat, and I hung on to that like that and, and listened to messages. And when I finally got to Houston, actually, in this case, I got to Panama City, uh, I had fallen asleep, and everybody was leaving, and I got up, and I was still in this uh, pose here. So, uh, But uh, pray for us. Uh, we do enjoy what we do. Uh, it's, it's exciting. It does have its times, like in everybody's uh, occupation. But we're just so thankful the Lord has given us uh, this opportunity and the extension of our ministry. Now we're going to look at some specifics, right, Tim? Okay. Uh, where are we going first? Ah, there it is, Pigeon Forge. Guess who's talking to another lady? Uh, I'm sure that's no surprise to you. Anita has a good ministry with the ladies there because she can teach, test, knit, quilt. Marvelous lady. Uh, she can do a lot of things there. So uh, there again are some of the administrators that we had some of these cabins and it was just a great time of pulling ourselves together and having a common bond and uh, having some long seminars and our general director trying to get us to ratchet up a little bit. Anyway, that uh, Houston, Texas, the Bullocks. Remember, the largest city in the United States, as far as I know, with a Spanish uh, population. Uh, this is Clifton and his wife. There are three children, grown children. Uh, the guy to the right uh, of Mrs. Bullock is the fiancé uh, of their daughter. And so he's standing there. You notice he's not next to his fiancé. Uh, they still have a division there. Uh, he's standing by his future mother-in-law. Okay. But Clifton and his wife are doing very well. Uh, basically, their ministry is not starting churches, but it's working alongside another organization to help Spanish people plant their own churches. And we find even in the United States, that's the better way to go because they know their culture. They live basically in the same proximity. So here he is teaching a Sunday school class. We actually uh, were a part of this Sunday school class uh, the last time we were in that area. Okay, let's move on to Mexico. Uh, this is a large Catholic church, the largest Catholic church uh, in Mexico. It is huge, and it's full of gold, but they won't let you take any of it. But uh, uh, anyway, it's a, it's a marvelous city. Let's, uh, let's see what else is there. This is kind of uh, uh, our group in Mexico and the three places that we're doing church work. Uh, you'll see some, actually, some of you probably, you remember Susan Rodriguez? Some of you oldies? Okay, one or two of you uh, remember Susan. Susan was at Appalachian Bible College and was here in our ministry for a couple of years. Uh, she's a single lady. Uh, this is also uh, the Napolese. They're uh, in Whiskey Lucan, and they don't drink whiskey. Uh, but uh, anyway, these are some of the people that uh, we work with. Actually, they're looking for some summer workers. So uh, uh, you can use English there uh, because they teach English in the school as well as plant churches. Uh, here is another one of our missionaries. I just mentioned to you, Josh, that I Skyped yesterday. This is how they evangelize. They, they get together. This is not a Starbucks. Yes, it was. It was at Starbucks uh, in Zacatecas. 
the fellow besides Josh in the forefront there with the Bible, uh, he is not a believer. Uh, but they're going through the scriptures, and this is, this is evangelism. This is how they do it in Mexico. And it's... Uh... Now, I just wanted to say, I did catch some fish. This is nobody else's fish. I caught these dudes. I really did. One was so large, I couldn't get my hand around him, so I put my foot on him. And the missionary said, you're going to squash him. But uh, anyway... Uh, that was fun. His wife was not, Cindy was not with him. And he said, what are we going to, he said, what do you want for supper? And I said, I don't know. What do you have? And he says, well, Cindy's not here, so we're going to have to catch. I said, what? And he said, uh, we're going to stop by a stream and uh, we'll catch and we can go home when you've caught three. And I said, man, I've never caught one in my life. And so all I knew, knew to do was pray. Lord, help these fish find my hook. And uh, he got three in about 15 minutes. He's like J.D. Hughes and some of you guys. And uh, so uh, it took me about 45 minutes. But, man, I praised the Lord when I caught that third one. And uh, so he says, do you cook? And I said, no. He says, well, my mother does. So we went to her house and gave her six trout. And she fixed all six of them. And this lady can cook. And you can see me there. That's my second one. That's the second big trout. Uh, it was just full of all kinds of tasty stuff. Uh, so I thought you might appreciate that. So uh, uh, that's my fishing experience. Honduras, uh, Fred and Cindy uh, are here. There, you'll remember that gal, right? Uh, yes. What's her name? Becky. Becky. Right. She'll be here probably next week. Sorry she won't be able to see this. I just want to stop and say here's the encouragement. Becky's a college student at Appalachian Bible College. I think she's in her senior year. Am I right? Senior year, junior year. Uh, She grew up in Ecuador, knows the Spanish language very well. And we had some uh, things that we needed to talk over among our missionaries. And it was such that uh, I wanted to correct interpretation. So uh, um, Becky was there. Thank you. (laughs) Becky was there. And she interpreted for me back and forth, English, Spanish, back and forth. And it was, it was really, I'll tell you a little inside story here real quickly. It was really interesting because, you know, when you discuss issues, uh, you know, some people are very lively about their discussion. And I was going on in my verboseness. And uh, I noticed one of the missionaries said something to his wife in Spanish. And she's, she doesn't know any English. So I looked at Becky and I said, what did he say to his wife? And she turned beet red. And she said, do you want me to tell you? I said, yes. He said to his wife, don't pay any attention to what he's saying because he's not right. <laughs> I'm dead serious. That's, that's the truth. That's the truth. <laughs> so I spoke back to her in English. <laughs> So, but Becky's a delightful gal. So no matter how God has gifted you, where you've been from, no matter what your culture is, there's some place in the world God's going to use you. And we would have not had the outcome that we had. Obviously, it had not been for God's spirit. But secondly, and I think most importantly, if Becky had not been there to translate, I would have, I would have not gotten what I did uh, as far as understanding. So we're thankful for God's uh, doing that. Here's Fred. I want you to notice here, Fred is skinny. He's a runner. He runs, I think, five days a week, and he runs anywhere from five to six miles. Now, I always like to tell it this way. He runs to the El Salvador border, 
every day, five days a week. Of course, he's only five miles from the borders. But uh, so anyway, it sounds a little bit better that way. Notice his plate. What do you see on his plate? Nothing. That's Fred. He eats everything. Now let me show you the next one. That's Becky again. What does she have on her plate? Everything. Everything. And she had to take three-fourths of it home. And so when you order in uh, Honduras, you do get uh, more than you can eat. Here's just a picture of discipleship. Um, Actually, this is Fred teaching a national how to play the guitar. They do this for about 45 minutes, and then they study the Bible for an hour. It takes uh, Fred and his four-wheel probably about 45 minutes to get this guy's place. Uh, Actually, the national has a brand-new guitar. Uh, Fred asked me to bring it on the plane, and I did. How I got it there, I do not know without it breaking, but... uh, Anyway, uh, this guy was so appreciative that Fred had asked me to bring a guitar that he took me out to his barn, which you can't see here, but it's to the right. Let's back it up one. Uh, He took me out to the barn. (laughs) That's not the barn that Tim was showing you. That was a house. (laughs) Missionary house. No, seriously. But uh, he took me out to the barn. He says, I just want to show my appreciation for you bringing my guitar. I said, no problem. It didn't cost me anything. I want to show you my appreciation. Of course, Fred is interpreting for me. He brings out a hundred-pound sack of coffee beans. And I look at this thing, and I look at Fred. He said, don't ask, take it. I said, Fred, I can't get this on the plane. I don't want to pay for a hundred-pound bag of coffee. And so he negotiated with him. They they came to the place and said, okay, we'll open up the sack, and we'll just hand you some things uh, out out of the bean bag. And so they went in and got some plastic sacks like you'd get at Walmart. And uh, he filled those up. I think I had six of them. And that was too many, too. So he said, take it, don't ask. <laughs> so we took it to a, refi- a bean refinery and got it done, put it in package. Anyway, that's a little side story. All those crazy things that happen culturally. These people are so appreciative. Here is a home of one of our missionaries. He built it himself. He is a very unusual but unique, quaint, lovable guy. Married a Honduran. They have had their first child about a year ago. This guy is dynamite because he just fits into that culture. They accept him. Uh, he has four church plants going with nationals. That's amazing. That is amazing. Okay. Uh, this is what they do. These guys work in the, in the uh, plantation, coffee bean plantation. They have church every night plus Sunday. And they have on on Saturday, too. These young guys, they're in their early 20s. They come an hour and a half. They come straight from the plantation to there to study the Bible for the service. It's amazing, the commitment. They are not literate. They cannot read Spanish. But they have their Bible, and they hear the missionary speak of the Bible and they memorize it. So when they get up on Sunday morning and read Scripture like Ben did this morning, they open it up, and they look at it, and they read it, but they can't read it. They have it memorized. It's amazing. It's amazing. How do you do that? And uh, so, you know, it's just amazing what God is doing all around the world, but God gives them the ability to do that. What we need, not necessarily, you don't have to be a preacher in that sense, but people who know Spanish, like Becky, maybe you. Some of you here know Spanish well enough that you could say, hey, I'll give, I'll give a month 
I'll give six weeks. I'll give three weeks. And to go down and don't need to teach Spanish. We need to teach them how to read English, okay, and how to read Spanish as well. So there's just plentiful opportunities. These guys can preach. They really can. It's amazing uh, how well they do with so little ability as far as language. Okay, here, here's, another out, here's another outreach. What do these missionaries do? They just stay in church all, all day? No, they don't. Uh, we walked an hour and a half. We even went by a large cartel farm. Uh, we walked a little fast there, by the way. But anyway, um, we got up on top of this mountain. It's about an hour and a half walk. And this is a missionary in the forefront uh, stringing a guitar for another guy. And that's his daughter there. If you'll notice on the floor, it's dirt. It's not level. It tips out the door. Why? Because when it rains, it comes through the roof and it gets muddy, but the excess water runs out the front door. Wouldn't you like to have a home like that? They're perfectly happy. I didn't hear them complain at all. Very gracious people. It's two-room house. Let's see the next picture is the whole family. How do you do that in a two-room house? Now, the missionary is on the extreme left, uh, but um, they're westernized as far as their clothing. Uh, just lovable people, lovable people. All right, next. Uh, how do you get wood down the superhighway in Honduras? Well, this is how you do it. You notice a solid yellow line on the right? You don't pay any attention to that. You just go around them. You see a curve coming? No problem. They'll watch out for us. So I'm taking this picture, and then I get a close-up of them. Hi, how are you? There are no brakes on this thing. It's just a flat bed with their firewood. They'll use it for their stoves. They're going down this mountain, and it is a mountain. And uh, they negotiate it, uh, navigate it, by putting a stick in front, and when they want to slow down, they just drag it. And then they raise it back up, and then they pick up speed again. It's amazing how they do it. I didn't see any wrecks, but I suppose they do have them once in a while. Okay, Puerto Rico. Here are the Snyders, delightful family. Their only son is at, uh, used to be Northlands. What is it now? Help me out. Not Northlands University. It's changed, but anyway. Uh, and his daughter there in the green is a missionary with them. She ministers to the kids. Get this. She's about 22 years old, and she goes down to the, what we would might call the slums, uh, where there's drugs, killings, and she goes in there and ministers to the kids and has no fear. And how she does that, I, I do not know. She prays a lot, no doubt, but she has a very effective ministry. Okay, let's take the next one. Okay, I'm going to turn around because I'm not sure. Oh, this is their church there in Puerto Rico. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, this is their church, which is a pretty good size right now. This was in their home, and then they built an actual church building a couple blocks away. Okay? Antigua, our beloved country. Okay? Uh, and you've already seen some slides of this. The couple was there is with a radio ministry. They're on loan to BIMI, if you're familiar with that mission. Uh, so they're with the radio ministers. They're out across Lanes, West Virginia, um, the Kirklands. And so Nate and Sue will be joining us. Can you imagine working all day evangelizing people, discipling people, teaching nationals, training them to plant churches, and you take a rest out on the beach? Wouldn't that be delightful? Wouldn't it? And this is Antigua, just a, a beautiful, beautiful country with beautiful people. Next. 
Ecuador, which my personal opinion is this is the most beautiful country I have seen. It's like looking down the valley. This is not a good picture of it. But it's just like a quilt work because they farm all the way to the top. And so there's all these little patches of different areas. It's just, you just, you know, I'm not a big nature guy, but I can stand and look at those things for quite a while. This is the couple, uh, the two to the left of Anita. This is Kevin. Kevin grew up in Ecuador uh, with his parents and is very familiar with the culture. Trina, uh, he met at Bible school here in the States. They've been there 25 years, and we will be seeing them at the end of this month. Uh, after candidate orientation, we'll be flying to Ecuador and visiting with them. Okay, very quickly now, Suriname. Uh, this is where we were about a month ago. A uh, friend of mine, Fred Vermeulen, uh, had been a missionary here for over almost 35 years. He worked among the tribal people, the trios, and he is a translator. So he translated, uh, let's, let's, can we go back a minute? Uh, I want to show something. In Suriname, uh, our ministry is mainly among the tribal people. Now, tribal probably doesn't mean the same thing to you as it, and to me as I had once thought. Uh, they do have some Western culture. Uh, cars are moving in now, but they have no roads to run the cars on, but they want one, so they buy one. Uh, in Suriname right now, the government provides for every family a chainsaw and an outboard motor. Every family gets that. Must have got that idea from the States. Okay, thank you, Tim. This is probably not the best of maps. It's the best I could do. If you'll notice, uh, just to the bottom of that large lake, to the left, the bottom left, that's where the road stops. So the next four-hour canoe ride is on the river, the Suriname River, and we have isolated that our ministry, we don't have any missionaries there yet. We just decided at Thanksgiving, the board of directors give us permission to do this, uh, to go and start bringing missionaries in. There's a best that the government knows. There's 20, 18 to 20,000 um, what they call Bush Negroes, politically correct in Suriname. They are called the Suramacans. But if you say Suramacan to a Bush Negro, he will not like you. <laughs> Uh, so I learned to use the word Bush Negro, even though that's not politically correct up here either. Anyway, there's 53 villages. Okay, next slide there, Tim. That's what I wanted to get at was um, find the one, the village there on the river. There's 53 of these villages. Uh, Size-wise, they would be from 5,000 down to 300. Uh, they're individuals. They, uh, they have kind of like a governor of each one of these villages, and they also have a witch doctor there. You'll see that. We took about four hours and two days of flying low level to get some of these pictures uh, with a missionary pilot. Uh, this is just typical. There's 53 of them. And uh, so next slide. Oh, okay. What we're going to do, instead of taking an aerial view, we're going to take a ground view, okay? So stick with me here just a minute. We're going to take a ground view.
Now, some of you young men and young ladies who say that would be fun, then why don't you become a pilot, a missionary pilot, and uh, do these things? Um, How would we get there if it wasn't for missionary pilots? You know, as you look at the body of Christ, God has something for everybody. Even if it's catching fish for the missionaries, okay? Uh, All right, let's take the next one. Uh, When we landed there, these are the elders. Uh, You can see most of them around the plane. This is 35 years of work. These elders are disciple makers, and they are planting churches. They've even reached into Brazil uh, to uh, reach out to the Brazilian uh, uh, tribal people there. Just phenomenal what these people do. If If we as Americans will just get out of the way, I mean, we evangelize, uh, we disciple them, and we train them, and then turn them loose and let them go. And it's amazing what they do. You just stand back and say, whoa, how many years would it take us to do this? But uh, anyway, it's just exciting. These are the boxes of Old Testament that had been uh, shipped there, and we flew them in. They were so delighted. It was the first time they ever had the Old Testament. Can you imagine in their own language? First time they've ever seen the Old Testament. And there again, you say, I like languages. Good. Be a translator. There's plenty of places in the world to do this. They were so delighted, they threw a party for us. This is their little village. Uh, That is not pavement. It is dirt. Um, Next, uh, this is the pilot on the right. His name is Andy. He's Dutch. He's from Holland. He and his wife, Jacqueline, uh, or Jacqueline in the English, uh, they have four kids just fantastic pilot, just a great friend, great believer. And uh, this is the road through the jungle. Uh, it is what it is. Next picture is West Virginia has its roadkill. They have their roadkill. This is an alligator. And uh, so uh, next picture. This is a typical home in Suriname among the villages. This is a little larger. This, this is probably uh, what we would call the governor's home. Uh, but this gives you an idea. I might also say that I didn't eat that roadkill, but I did have alligator for the first time, but it wasn't that one. Uh, so uh, the, the man in the middle is a bush negro. He's one of the few believers that we know of or anybody knows of. The guy on his right is a Dutch believer uh, in the church there, and he was such an enormous help to get us in contact Uh, He got in contact with this Bush Negro, and he traveled four hours in a canoe just to come and talk to us and show us what villages we we would need to be in. They are so open to the gospel. And uh, so that was a delight as well. Okay? There uh, we spent hours going over maps. What villages should we go to first? How big are they? What's the witch doctor like there? There have been some witch doctors that are a little bit open uh, to you coming in. One of the largest villages, get this, one of the largest villages has a sign out front in English and in ceremonies that no whites allowed. Isn't that a reverse? <laughs> no whites allowed. And so we're not going there. Um, but uh, anyway, there's our taxi. And uh, when we are in there, that plane is full. Here's the only, the only ones that we know of working with these Bush Negroes uh, they are sent out from a church in um, uh, Arizona. They are, they've been there about two and a half years. There's their family picture. Uh, they're living right in the village and just having a great time. The second house on the right is the witch doctor's house. 
I can honestly say it was the first time I ever experienced um, demonism. Uh, just the, you know, not did I see a demon? No, but it was very apparent. It was just you just it was eerie. You just walk in there and you just say something's not right here. And I thought, well, maybe it's my emotions, but it wasn't because everybody else was experiencing the demonism is alive and well uh, in these villages. These are the canoes. They're uh, large trees that have been dug out and burned. Uh, they have a certain way they do it. Uh, they came and picked us up uh, one day. Uh, there was only two men. They came up to the landing strip that the plane landed on a minute ago and said, okay, you guys ready to go? And we said, yes. And when we got back to the dugout, they call it, uh, the place was packed in that boat. Oh, we got room for two more. <laughs> Where? And... Uh, I happened to get a good seat. It was right behind a large person because we had rapids to go through. And I saw them coming, and they said, rapids ahead. So normally the thing I wanted to protect the most, you know what it was? It was my iPhone. <laughs> so I stuck my iPhone, and I, like this, and the big wave came over the canoe, and guess what? The person in front of me got it all. I just got a few drops in my iPhone. Am I not giving? You know, <laughs> uh, these. Uh, if you can see this, probably not the best picture, but the three. Um, these are also believers. Uh, they live in the city. You find very few. Some people say go into the villages and they will, uh, and let them come out. Um, that has some good and bad points. If probably that's not very clear to you. But these are unusual guys. They are carpenters. They're three cousins. They said, if you pick out the village, we want to build the first homes for your missionaries. And uh, so people are just very open to us. That's the translator on the left. Just real quickly now because I know we're out of time. Uh, Argentina, this is where we were just a couple of weeks ago working with the missionaries there. Uh, here was just a time I asked the men to come together for four days. And we were just going to talk about what's it going to take to get the work done here. Here is Steve Deems, the guy in the forefront working with the computer. He was kind of our recorder. Steve is from a home church, uh, never had any biblical training. Uh, he was trained in his home church. And I tell you, honestly, he's one of the best missionaries I've seen. He knows his theology, has studied well. He just has a passion for people. These are new believers from Steve and a guy by the name of Joe Owens from their evangelistic Bible studies. Uh, these people wanted to celebrate that we had come and so they threw this, quote, party. What did we have to eat? That is not pizza. That is a, about a six-month-old pig. And they said, you get the choice piece. I won't show you the piece. Uh, I did get it down, and it stayed down. Uh, I wouldn't want to do it again. <laughs> but anyway, I did appreciate that they loved me that much. Uh, but do there, are there snakes there? Yes, big ones. This was 24 foot long, obviously not alive. I didn't sleep with this thing. Uh, I just laid down on the floor just to kind of give you an idea how long it is. Um, this is an anaconda. Uh, they killed him after he had killed a, after the snake had killed a deer. There was another one that killed a worker, uh, s squeezed him to death, and then swallowed him. And they found that. This is not good before lunch. Move on. <laughs> uh, Uruguay. Uh, Uruguay is just a land of contrast, mountains, uh, beach. 
our place where we worked with these missionaries was uh, just about uh, 100 yards from the beach. And so you can see we had plenty to eat. And you know this couple, right? The Garonis, faithful servants of the Lord. They retired. You know what they did? They started another church. They have 30 people attending in a room 10 by 15. How do you do that? You just got to be good. <laughs> okay. Uh, but they are doing quite well. Let me just give you a composite. I, uh, what's next, Tim? I'm sorry. That's it, right? I'm done, right? Okay. Uh, thank you for letting us uh, show uh, this. We do it simply because, not because we're great, we're not. God is using us. Uh, when you put us all together, we have a little piece of the pie. Again, thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, we thank God for what he's doing here. The cripes are going out. God is ministering. Remember, not all missionaries go overseas. As is said on a bulletin, biblically it is correct. Don't ever take this away. You as a believer are a missionary. Or you're not a believer. It, that's pretty radical, but it's true. God sent his son into this world to share the gospel. And Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so I what? I send you. Missionary means to be sent. We're all there. You all have different gifts. You all are a piece of the pie. And you're doing well. Keep it up. Don't ever forget the gospel is the only thing that's worth living for. Father, thank you for these moments together with these dear people. Thank you for the privilege Anita and I have as your servants, Lord, to give us an extension of our ministry. Thank you for our health. Uh, thank you for the people that you have uh, given to us to work with and minister with and co-labor together. Uh, Lord, it's, we're just so thankful. And we would ask your spirit uh, to, to continue to give us wisdom and encouragement uh, to give to these people. Uh, missionaries as well as the nationals. Thank you for the patience of these people this morning. And Lord, I just, uh, I just, I don't know how to thank you other than to say, Father, all the glory is given to you. If it were not for you and the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit, we would not be doing what we're doing. And we would miss a lot of life. And so we ask thy blessings this week as we go to our homes and to our various places of occupation, our careers, and there are people there, Father, that you want to give to Christ as believers. And so may we bear the gospel, may we live the gospel, and may we, Father, just exalt you. For we ask it in Jesus' name.